The souls of the righteous are in the hand of God, and no torment will ever touch them. In the eyes of the foolish, they seem to have died in their going forth to be in affliction, and their going from us to be their end. But they are at peace. Glory to God who has given us salvation in his Son, Jesus Christ. Glory to God forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. I remember that it was a cold day in late January. It was a Saturday. I remember that in particular because on Saturday morning, we had Christian education. We had to get up every day for school, and then on Saturday, get up for Christian education. So Sarah and Rebecca, if you think you have it bad, you should have been in the old corps. I was very excited that day because when I woke up and was getting dressed, putting on my shirt and pants and my halo, <laughs> I don't have it. <laughs> oh, that's cute. You're grounded. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember being very excited because my mom and dad told me that my oldest brother and his wife were having a baby that day. And the whole family was very excited because this was the first child of the next generation. And I was very excited because I was the youngest of six children raised by my parents. And so there was no one ever younger than me. And so I was excited that this child would be born, grow up, and I could boss them around. And so this was my first real experience with new life in the world. The idea that a baby can be born into your family and radically change your whole family. And so with excitement, I set off that day for Christian education. Somewhere in the midst of that morning, however, my sister knocked on the door of the schoolroom and spoke briefly with the teacher, and then the teacher asked me to go with my sister. I remember she took me out into the hall, and she knelt down to talk to me and told me that the little baby had died. What was supposed to be my first experience with new life became my first experience with death. I was 10 years old, and I remember thinking, God, how can you do this? I mean, brothers and sisters, we love to tease one another, right? Especially when you're the youngest. You love to tease the other ones and tell them facts like mom and dad love the youngest the best, you know. But you never want to see such pain come upon your brother or your sister-in-law. And I remember when getting home saying to my mother, why would God allow this? And rather than giving me an answer like God needed another angel, because God can create as many angels as he wants, or in order to make heaven more beautiful, 
because heaven could never be more beautiful. She simply told me, Michael, we don't know. We don't know. But this we do know. That because of Jesus Christ, there is a final word in this world over death. Now that little girl was named Michelle, and Sarah and Rebecca are both named uh, in part after their first cousin, since they will be the last of that generation. And by the way, there is now a generation after that, so I don't even know their names half the time. <laughs> Hi, Uncle Michael. Hi, kid. <laughs> but they were, their middle names are Michelle after the first of that next generation. And I can remember being at the committal uh, in, the, in the cemetery, and I can remember, I can picture myself there, and I can look around, and I can see who was there. And what's so amazing to me is that my family then is very different from my family now. For one, my maternal grandmother was there, whom I was very close with, with whom I was very close, and she was very dear to me. And my paternal grandmother and grandfather were there. In fact, I can still remember that it was my dad's mom who was holding my hand. And my dad was there. All persons who are now gone. And also... However, when I think about that, I think about all the family yet to come. Sadly, though Michelle died, shortly thereafter, Joanne conceived twins, Jimmy and Christine, who I think of, of as little kids, and yet uh, Christine has two little girls of her own now. Both are teachers by day, party animals by night, but what can, what can one uncle do? And there's so many others. I, mean, I, think there's, I think there's like 14 nephews and nieces now. It's amazing how I think of my family then and my family now, and how these little ones have already had little ones and how they are growing up so quickly. But in another sense, it's not like I have two families. For those who have gone to be with the Lord, and those who are alive today who are trusting in the Lord, are one family. The good news is that death is not the final word over us in this world. Now, prior to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, death reigned in this world. Death was the final word over every human being. You may have joy for a time, but in the end, only the grave awaited us. But this is no longer. For those of us who are in Christ, death no longer reigns 
but the word of God, who is the word of life and salvation, who is Jesus Christ our Lord, he reigns and he is the final word. As it says in Romans chapter 6, verse 9, death no longer has dominion over Christ. That is, death no longer has power or authority over Christ. Christ has power and authority over it. And for us who share in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we share in his victory over death forever. This is the good news of Christ. This is why we are gathered here today. For us, the promise that is spoken in the book of Wisdom, chapter 3, beginning at verse 1, we find fulfilled in Christ, written a few hundred years before Christ, the author writes, the souls of the righteous are in the hand of God. Now we, we know that no man or woman is righteous before God. For we all fall short. We're all broken. We're all fallen. We're all sinful. We're all stumbling along. None of us are righteous before God, and yet we who are in Christ, not because of anything that we deserve, but simply because he loves us, are washed in the blood of Jesus. We are clothed in, the, in Christ. We are wrapped in his righteousness. And so we come before God, not trusting in ourselves, but in him and in his righteousness. For the souls of the righteous, that is, those who are in Christ, are in the hand of God. And no torment will ever touch them. Now back to the story of my niece, Michelle Marie. The priest came immediately to baptize the little girl. And following the baptism, as he spoke with my brother and sister-in-law, they both had a vision which they shared with one another later. They both thought that they were the only ones seeing it, but at some point my sister-in-law, Joanne, said to my brother Jimmy, I need to share with you what I saw as the priest spoke to us. And Jim said, I have something to share with you. And as they shared, they found that this, they had both seen the same vision shortly after their little girl's baptism. And that is of a young woman somewhere in her mid-twenties, clothed in white, looking healthy and whole and beautiful with the Lord. We don't look that whole or beautiful. Some of you are certainly more beautiful than I am. But in Christ, we have a beauty and an integrity that is greater than that of the angels. 
For like Michelle, we too have been washed in the blood of Jesus. It is not what we have done in this world or failed to do, but what he has done in this world and has accomplished by dying on the cross and rising from the dead. And so the souls of the righteous, that is the souls who are in Christ, who live in Christ and die in Christ, these souls are in the hand of God and no torment shall ever touch them. In the eyes of the foolish, it says, who are the foolish? We are. Hate to break it to you. In the eyes of the foolish, they seem to have died. And their departure was thought to be an affliction, and their going forth from us to be their end. But, the word of God says, they are at peace. That peace which can only be ours in Christ Jesus our Lord, who after the resurrection came to his disciples and said, peace I give you, peace I leave with you, not peace as the world knows do I give you. And he breathed upon them the peace of God, a peace which is eternal, a peace which begins to the, uh, today, for us who are living. Though they seem to have died. You see, death is not the end. Death is not the end. Death is a continuation. Hear the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. I am resurrection and I am life, saith the Lord. He that believeth in me, though he should die, yet shall he live and he that liveth and believeth in me shall never die. You shall never die. To those who are left in this world, it will seem as if you have died, but you shall never die. For you will come to the Lord, not in your own righteousness, but wrapped in the righteousness of Christ. And no torment shall ever touch you again. Just as those who have gone before us in faith are in the fuller presence of Almighty God, so we too shall be in that fuller presence. Note that Jesus says, by the way, in a requiem mass, there's no Gloria, there's no creed, the prayers of the people are shorter, so I get to ramble on a little bit longer today. Aren't you happy? Note that Jesus says when he comes to the grave of Lazarus, he says, I am resurrection, I am life. Resurrection is not a thing. Resurrection is not an event. Life is not a thing. Life is not what you make it. Life is not a beach. Remember those? B-E-A-C-H, Emily. <laughs> you remember those? <laughs> Do you remember those shirts? No, resurrection is not an event or a thing. Life is not an event or a thing. Life is not what you make it. I'm sorry, I got you confused. You didn't get it, you did. So, okay. So. Life is a person. Resurrection is a person. And that person has a name. And his name is Jesus. And he is God's final word in this world over sin, suffering, and death. 
I am resurrection, I am life, saith the Lord. He that believeth in me, though he should die, yet shall he live, and he that liveth and believeth in me, say it with me, shall never die. Shall never die. In today's gospel, Jesus comes to us. And in the midst of this world, in the midst of suffering and death, he speaks these words into the pains of our heart. He says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Now that Greek word there for troubled means to be crushed, to be overcome, to be overcome. And so what Jesus is saying is not that you cannot grieve, but as Paul says elsewhere in the scripture, we are not to grieve as people without hope, for our hope is full of immortality. So Jesus says, let not your hearts be troubled. That is, do not allow yourselves to be overwhelmed by death, for death is no longer the final word in this world. Rather, Jesus says, how are we to walk through the pains of suffering and death? By faith. Believe in God, believe also in me. In the midst of death, we walk by faith. In the midst of death, though we grieve, we, we do not grieve as persons without hope. We are not crushed by the things of the world, for Jesus in the resurrection raises us up. The world always is attempting to pull us down, and Jesus is always attempting to pull us up. As Christians, we're supposed to be like weebles. Do you remember weebles? They wobble, but they don't fall down. That's right. That's the difference between Christians and non-Christians in this world. It's not that we won't have times of suffering or trial or tribulation or heartache or hurt or disappointment. We will. But we will not allow those things to crush us knowing that we have a hope, an eternal hope, in Jesus Christ. So the world seeks to knock us down. Jesus is always there to bring us up. And so people will say, why is it that you are not crushed? And you'll say, because I'm a weeble. I'm a Christian. I wobble but I don't fall down. This is why Jesus is able to say, let not your hearts be troubled. In the midst of these things, walk by faith, and it will not crush you. Remember when Peter jumps out of the boat, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you. And Jesus says, come. And he jumps right out of the boat in the midst of a raging storm with huge waves. He just jumps right out because his faith in the midst of the storm, his heart's eye is focused on the Lord Jesus Christ. And he jumps out and he's able to walk on the water. He's able to walk amidst the storm. And even though the storm does not cease, the storm does not claim him because he's walking by faith in the midst of the storm. It's not that the winds are not great. It's not that the waves are not large. It's not that the storm has ended. No, the storm is go continues, but he walks in the midst of the storm because he walks with his Lord, and his faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ. But then what happens? He takes his heart's eye off of Jesus, 
and says, oh my, these are some big waves. Those are some strong winds. And what happens? He immediately begins to drown. But then as he's drowning, as the waves are starting to go over his head, he cries out to Jesus, Lord, save me. And what does it say? Jesus immediately reaches his hand and pulls him up. So the world is always trying to knock us down. The word is always trying to lift us up. You must be from Africa. <laughs> I love that amen. Gets me all going. Don't worry, it won't add to the time. Jesus says, in my father's house are many rooms. If you were to call me, let's say you live far away, and you were to call me, and you were to say, you know, Father Michael, I'm coming into Marlboro, and my, uh, my uh, family and I are going to be staying for a couple of days. Do you know of a good hotel and, 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 or a place where we can stay? And I were to say to you, oh, I have a room for you in my house. Would that give you some comfort? Knowing that there's a plate, well, as long as there was a private bathroom, right? That would give you comfort, right? But that would give you comfort, right? You know that there's a place for you, right? This is what Jesus is saying, is there is a place for you. Death is not it. There's a place for you. There's a place for your loved ones who have gone before you. There's a place where my niece Michelle is, that he has prepared and he says, and I go ahead of you to prepare this place for you. So if you were coming, before you even got there, I would already be serving you. How? By preparing the room for you. Truth be known, Christine would be preparing the room for you, but <laughs> I'd make sure it got done. But I can only say that because she seems to be downstairs. So... Um, <laughs> But I would already, oh, here she comes. Hi, honey. So <laughs> I said, you know, I would already be serving you before you arrived because I'd be I would be preparing the room for you. This is what Jesus is doing. He is serving you even now before you arrive by preparing a place for you. By preparing a place for you. And then he goes on to say, if it weren't so, I would have told you. That is, if we trust in him, if we believe in him, if we believe in his word, then we have nothing to worry about. There is a place for us. This is not the end. I go to prepare a place for you. And then those most comforting words, and I will come again. He says, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am you may be also. That where I am, you may be also. This is the promise of our Lord. This is the promise of his word. And do you know who else is there? Where he is. All of our loved ones, all whom we hold dear in our hearts, who have gone before us in faith, now you may ask, well, wait a minute, what about those whom I love who went without faith? Those we give, um, as we do with all people, to God. 
He is the only one who is able to judge with perfect justice and mercy. He is the only one unto whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid. And so we give them to God. But for those whom we love and hold dear in our hearts, who have gone before us in faith, those who died trusting that Jesus Christ is the final word in this world, they are there too. They are in the fuller presence of the Lord. And I have even better news for you. When you receive Holy Communion today, when you take the Lord into yourself, at no time in this world are you closer to Almighty God and the Lord Jesus Christ than in that moment. As you open yourself to become a living tabernacle of the Lord Jesus, as He reigns in your heart, then at no time are you more fully reunited with those who have gone before you in faith, whom you love and hold dear in your heart, but for a time see no longer than in that moment. And so today when I receive Holy Communion, I will remember not only my extended family who continues to walk in this world today, but I'll remember the family that we are still united with like Michelle, my grandmother and grandfather and my other grandmother, my dad, and others. And others. For the souls of the righteous are in the hand of God, and no torment shall ever touch them. To the eyes of the foolish, it seems that they have died, and they're going forth to be their end but they are at peace. Glory to God who has given us salvation in his Son, Jesus Christ. Glory to God forever and ever. Amen.